It's the Brotherhood of the Silver Screen, back live and controversial as ever. Thanks, everybody, for listening. It's the Brotherhood of the Silver Screen. <laughs> Dove's here. Hello. Joey's here. What's up? Athena's here. Hi. Yours truly, Luke, and Brad in the background. Hello. And Jeff is on camera. Thanks for tuning in. Jeff, this shake week- the camera up and down. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't shake the camera up and down, please. This week... Um, uh, we are doing the good and the bad and the ugly. This is general movie review, uh, where every uh, week, uh, people, uh, every member of the Brotherhood of the Silver Screen, has a chance to bring something to the table that's informative, educational, and uh, this uh, week, uh, Dove is starting it off. What do you got for us this week, Dove? Um, I have uh, kind of a kind of a review, I would say. Um, and it has – I actually spoke to Brad about it a little bit ago. You remember, Brad, at the restaurant? We talked about this? Okay. Yes. Brad looks um, like he's nodding his head, but yeah. he has no idea what you're talking about. Well, we talked um, about a lot of stuff, but – Yeah. And uh, now this this actually – I know we don't talk about TV shows a whole lot on this, on this podcast, but – What are you going to do? What I'm going to do is oh, talk no. about a TV show oh, no. on Falcon, the podcast. Falcon Winter Soldier. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. okay. And the reason I'm talking about it is because I think it's a really good lesson into how Hollywood tends to operate. Okay. That's why I'm going to talk about it. So sure. I, I think it just leads so a really good picture. he's doing kind of a getting philosophical TV show. There you go. Yeah. Hey. Brad's checking for splinters. Yeah. Huh? Brad's I checking am. for I splinters. Am. That's okay. what he's doing. Oh, okay. Anyway. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, So there's this new, and you guys may have seen it. There's a new um, show that came out on Amazon. It's called Invincible. Are you aware? Yeah, I started watching it. Did you watch the whole thing? I started watching it. No. Okay. Uh, So anyway, I had to stop at some point. Here's why. Okay. okay. So um, it's a very yeah. It's it's an adult cartoon, and what I mean by that is it's it's hyper violent. Yeah, that's true. Um, Well, you know who's behind it, right? No. Oh, well, I I mean, you should have known what you're getting into right from the get go. It's Robert Kirkman. Who wrote the comic books for The Walking oh, Dead yeah, yeah, yeah. and for okay. Invincible? It originally right. originated as a Robert Kirkman comic, okay. and then and then he also led the Walking Dead TV show, and now this TV show. Sure. So okay, he's I all about hyper violence and, and yeah, and but and you just know, and just like I don't know, plumbing the depths of, of human depravity. So <laughs> that's like he's he's all about that. And so work. yeah, and and so. he did. Now on one hand, you could say it's um, over the top violent, kind of like an anime, but but. At the same time, you could say, well, that's actually what would happen to somebody if, if a superhero did that. You know? How many episodes did you watch? I, will, I think it was six or seven. Oh, wow. Oh, so you so watched I, almost all I, of it. I, I, almost. Okay. And here's I, why. I, I, oh, okay. You're going to talk think, about the yes, point you got to. I, I only watched one episode. <laughs> I think this is what, what, um, what Hollywood tends Sorry. to do. So anyway, it's a new show, and it was actually pretty entertaining. Uh, you know, and, and, but it started to get and – and I was enjoying it. And, you know, even though with the violence and stuff, it's like, okay. Yeah, it was intense. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so the main character, I forget his name already. Invincible. His name is Invincible. His name is Invincible. His name is Mark. <laughs> yeah, okay, Mark. He, he has a friend of his, okay? And I'm just going to refer to his friend as Adam because I don't remember his name, mm-hmm. okay? But Adam is a gay character, mm-hmm. okay, in this in this. Oh, frame. yeah, that's right. But okay. he's been kind of on the side this whole time, mm-hmm. all right? So anyway – in this this one episode, we're introduced to this other other male character in this show. His his actual name is Rick. Um, Rick is shown in this episode as being everything that a masculine man is. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Did you watch this episode? No, I've only okay. watched the first episode. That was it. He's actually referred by the people, the characters in the show. He was referred as a 
an alpha male three times. Okay. And put in a he was referred as an alpha male in a positive light. Oh, okay. So it's already on my my antennas up. <laughs> I'm going. This doesn't happen. Well, yeah. Again, it's Robert Kirkman, so you know he's going to subvert the. I'm truth, like, what so. in the world? Okay, so I'm like, okay. They called him an alpha male, and it was a positive thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's a leader. He's uh, well dressed. He's he's uh, bulky. He's in really good shape. He serves other people. He's a hard worker. And so, anyway, this this of course this gay character just ca- Adam cannot stop talking about him. Mm-hmm. He's just like, he's this, he's that, he's great, he's this. And they're going up to this college to visit Rick. Mm-hmm. So they get up there to visit Rick. There's a bad guy on campus who kidnaps certain people and turns them into these mindless um, robots that attack people. Yeah, we okay. should also make a point and stop here and just to say that the show is about like kind of like it takes like kind of like a care, uh, Justice League setup. It's about superheroes. They're all different superheroes. They're not any of the Marvel DC ones, but right. they're based on they're based on primarily on like Justice League type characters. And it's about subverting superhero tropes. It's kind of about like, oh, if people really existed with superpowers, they would abuse yeah, those people superpowers. Were correct. Yeah. It's and, and so that's kind of and I respect that. that whole that whole part about it. Yeah, I this just wanted one, people this, to have context yeah. of what the show was. Anyway, yeah, and this this episode was just way too much for me. Um, and so what ends up happening is they get together. Adam, the gay character, meets Rick, and they're just hanging out a lot or whatever. So Rick ends up, the, the masculine dude, ends up being kidnapped by the bad guy and turned into a mindless robot. Mm-hmm. They get in this big fight. And then Adam, the gay character, gets kidnapped by this bad guy and like strapped to something. And he's about to make him into this mindless robot. Mm. And so Adam, the gay character, starts like uh, Rick is already a mindless robot. And he starts yelling at him and appealing to his like humanity this isn't you this is blah 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 you know you're better than the you're this and still a mindless robot Mm -hmm. and then towards the end the thing that gets rick out of his stupor is adam is up against the thing and he's just like we had intercourse this one time and it was so great and that's what gets him out of his stupor and he's awake now oh my goodness oh that's Adam. This is this. This is Ew. that. And then he starts kicking butt and doing all this stuff. Mm. And I'm just like, Ew. that is one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. And so and so, I had a couple points about this whole episode. Okay? My points. I have three of them. Because after that, I was done. I'm like, I'm not watching this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so egregiously wrong in so many ways. It's disgusting. Anyways, point number one. A girl in Adam's position would never make the script. If Adam was a girl, can't stop talking about this guy. Loves everything about him. You know, uh, uh, just just on and on and on about it, all of his great qualities. First of all, that never happens ever. Yeah. And then she gets kidnapped, and the thing that gets him out of his stupor is when she says, "Hey, we had intercourse this one time," and it wakes him up. How chauvinist is that? Mm-hmm. That would never even make the script if that was a female character. They can only do that if he's gay. And it's wicked and wrong and evil and disgusting. Point number one. Anyway, all right, I'm going off it. The only way to have an alpha male character is to corrupt him in some way. Make him gay or yeah. make him a minority. Yeah. That's the only way that they'll put that type of dude because when, when he's in there and you're going through the episode and they're describing him and the way he acts, it's like 
why don't they put this guy in more movies? Like, this is what we're, we're looking for here. Great example. They can't do it. They cannot do it mm-hmm. unless they corrupt him and make him disgusting. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so bad. And so my final point is just this. Uh, well, to, to, just to clarify, to make him a minor- minority would not mean to make him disgusting. No. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just to clarify. Be, yeah. yeah, just the fact that he's no, blind. Yeah, it's, yeah, 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 he yeah. can't be a white guy. Yeah. Right, right. Right. I know. Maybe you shouldn't even air this part of the not, podcast. It would to not be, be disgusting. Just I think. I think Dove's point is so, that, Dove's point is that the yeah. quintessential alpha male is also the quintessential toxic masculine male yes, yeah. in in the Hollywood setting. White male. And that white the male. Ol- yeah. White, and then the only. Yeah. And then the only. I mean, yes and no. I mean, I don't even know how many times they offset that just by making um, a strong male character. Well, um, it's a, funny you a, say that. Minority. I don't know how many examples of there are. There are, are a lot. I think most uh, in Hollywood, you're just seeing a trend. Um, and, and it's, and that's fine too. If they are minority, but they have those, only those qualities exist for someone who's marginalized yeah. is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. I or guess, proclaimed yeah, I, marginalized I, I, yeah, by I guess, society. I guess so. But I remember like even like, uh, another example that comes to mind is like the Luke, the Luke Cage TV show on Netflix. Yeah. Like he's, you know, he's a very strong, indestructible yeah. black male. Yeah. But even then there felt like there were times where they were really trying to like, they were like, Oh, that's like a, a over okay. the line. You're yeah, being yeah, too yeah, male. Yeah. You need to like step it back. And right. it felt like they were still doing that to and him, even though uh, he was not white. So, that's a good point. And now, um, you know, something that I will say is that um, I was differentiated because you still have strong male characters. I think of somebody like Aragorn, right? Strong male character, pretty recent. Right. You have you have characters like <laughs> 20 that. Twenty years ago, but I'm yeah. telling you, yeah, twenty years ago. But <laughs> right. um, even characters like that that are strong fathers in in it was not like this guy. You, you have to, you know, it, 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 he was so different in this sense that it stuck out to me. This is not like your, your average strong male character that's in movies today. Yeah. He, they called him an alpha male. No, it, where is that? That's yeah. never in a positive way. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. That doesn't happen. You know, I was like, yeah. this is, right. they're painting a picture here yeah, to that be they want male, me to, to see. To be an alpha male nowadays is to be toxic masculinity. Yeah. To be, yeah. uh, toxic. To be toxic. Unless he's gay. Right, right. Unless right. Okay. That's that seems to be, so, that seems, that seems that's to be the, the big subversion right yeah. now, which right. is really interesting to me because it's like, is society's perspective on that, is like the politically correct perspective on that, that they people who are gay have no character flaws that they are yeah. perfect Correct. beings right 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 is right. that like cuz well, what actually, is that one guy one yeah. guy identified it and he there aren't flawed gay characters and, and and he said that you know they have flaws but he said you know what they always are he said they're always the voice of reason and i was like Ah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, they yeah. they're always the voice of reason. Right, in every yeah. single show, so, right. Office, Exhibit yeah. A, Oscar. Who was the voice of reason all the time? It was Oscar. You know, and and every TV show. Yeah, they subvert. They, they did a good job subverting Oscar, though. I felt like they did that a bunch. Hmm. What do you mean? Like I felt like he started out as the voice of reason. He was persecuted by Michael. Starts out as the voice of reason, mm-hmm. but I felt much. I felt like as they got on in the TV sound? show, he kept making stupid mistakes. He would like in he, regards to he, Angela. He, he, well, in, uh, in regards, it, it just in, in different areas, I'd have to go back and really think about like what I'd have to. I'll, well, he's, I'll he's the most times. normal person in the entire TV show, you know. Yeah, but he doesn't come across as the best. They don't. They don't. Well, they never say he's the best, but he no, is the voice of reason throughout. Well, he attempts to be, but oftentimes, I think in later seasons, he he, he well, tries to be the voice. What's what? his nickname? Actually, I don't remember. That's his nickname. Is actually his nickname is actually. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's 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 a reason. I know, but I think they I think they said I think they I think they recognized what they were doing and they subverted it. But I don't think most of Hollywood does. Like I don't think I think there's like this weird like 
Yeah. His We're, his like yeah. know it allness was yes. not appealing. Yeah, it was a not appealing, the and they and it's not appealing to the characters. I'm not and saying it's he didn't have any character flaws, but I'm saying he's absolutely the most normal person in that yeah. time. Oh, I, don't feel I would like say that. Jim is. I don't feel like that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say Jim's more normal than he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. But yeah, and I do want to clarify. It's correct. Yeah. You know, when I was saying um, the the only <laughs> the. The only way you can have a, I feel like right now in today's culture, that you can have a character like this character. He has to be some type of marginalized person. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, be it a minority uh, or even a woman. Right, right. I mean, yeah, yeah, just we can't have this guy. And it was just, it was very interesting. So my final point I just want to say is, I think as believers, we just really need to be aware of this type of messaging from Hollywood. Hmm. They don't just do it in these shows. They do it in a lot of other ways. And I... I to me, stuff like this is so egregious. I, it, it, you can't go into it just going, oh, okay, it's the way it is. Y- you have to just think and be aware of the messaging that they're putting through like this. Yeah. Well, I think, and I think, you know, something, um, you know, something that I read recently that I think was a really good point is that you know Hollywood and and like our government. And, yeah. and so much else that's really got a lot of like, you know, a pedestal, right? That really has like a lot of public access. They're telling a narrative and that narrative is, and that story that they're telling is very different from the story that God is telling throughout history. And so that's what yeah. we need to be aware yeah, of because right. that narrative, because obviously, because that's the thing is if they, if they turn at you and they preach at you, you kind of know what's going on. You're like, oh, okay, I'm being preached at. But if they just like start to add things into, into television, into all the stuff that we fill our brains with on a daily basis, right? That's where it starts to like get into your thinking. Cause again, it's, it's kind of like subliminal, right? right? It's that kind of like almost subliminal messaging. So in, we need to be aware of that, that, you know, that these institutions are telling a very different story. And that if you're a Christian, um, it's, it's very different than the, the, the story that God yeah. is telling throughout the Bible and throughout hi- human history now. And yeah. we need to be aware of how different those two things are and which one we're t- really tuning into. And, yeah. and, to, and to, to put it in perspective, woke theology says that, you know, what's more important than sin and the struggle of, of the church versus the world and righteousness versus wickedness <laughs> is, is the struggle of oppressed people versus oppressive people that's what's more important and your your skin color is more important than your your, your sin I, I remember i listened to recently Woof. a um uh, an interview with lecrae and phil visher right oh yeah and I, I, I mean I've, i i haven't had too many interactions so far i'm sure i will in the future with woke theology but i i've right, heard some right. lecrae stuff y- you know you know how many times they mentioned sin not once yeah not once Hmm. When really, any, when really, any wow. type of real oppression, any type of real oppression, is one person sinning against another Absolutely, person. Absolutely, yes. So, like, that's where the, that yes. should always be the conversation. Yes. And and but right. if it's again, if it's real oppression, it's right. it's you're sinning against somebody else. Right. And, right? and, and, and so it's just and like I understand that every podcast you don't have to talk about sin every single time, yeah. but you can tell with Phil and and Lecrae is heading this direction too. That you know, you know, it's more important than sin and righteousness is my skin color and your skin color, you know, and you're oppressive and, and you you've received benefits that I haven't. That's what's more important. We need to talk about that, and 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 it always happens every single time. Every single time you go to, to go into woke theology is to switch God's um, God's hierarchy of what what sin what are the worst sins. And you and you and you and you flip it and you say you know what's actually worse than abortion is racism, right? You know that that that's, oh. that always happens. Every woke person that I've ever seen, they always eventually they get iffy on abortion. Well, abortion, ah, kind of, oh. it's not that bad. <laughs> women, they're oppressed. They don't know what they're doing. Ah, abortion. Every single person I've seen. Right. Okay, I'm woke now. 
one of their first things. Eventually, they're like, ah, abortion, abortion. Yeah. You know, and 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 to, to 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 deny woke theology is to be like, you know, what's worse than being mean to a person of another color is actually killing somebody. And I'm not going to surrender that hierarchy. I'm not going to do it. Woke theology seeks to do that. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm I'm done. I just and one more thought I had about it was I was like a, a true if he was truly the alpha male the way they twist it. If he really truly was that what they were describing him to be, he would be repulsed by Adam. Yeah, right. Guys like that are not do not it make people like Adam who are openly gay. Yeah. Make guys like that very I mean it's a, it's very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And it's just the twisting of the truth that went on. It was. It was. Well, then he would be labeled toxic and homophobic. Yeah. Right. right so, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. He'd be the right. guy. Right. Right. Yeah. And I was like, and me it was just, it was just frustrating. Yeah. I just, you know, I wasn't expecting the show to be great, but I, I don't know. It just, it was shocking and just really, just like, man, they just can't help themselves. The messaging in that it was just so evil to me. Right. Um, yeah, and just how they it, twist it. It's hard to get away from. I mean, you you got a lot farther than I did. It's hard to get yeah. away from that and Robert Kirkman stuff. Because, mm. um, like I said, he's just. I mean, I remember. I remember way back when, when the Walking Dead first came out on television. I watched the first season, and I was like really into it. Um, and I was like, I was like a kid. I'd like just graduated high school, and I was just. And I remember wow. starting to read the comic books, and oh my gosh! Like, I mean, I mean, the Walking Dead does a lot of stuff that's pretty, that's really intense, and uh, I'm sure it crossed the line at certain times. I didn't really watch it beyond the first two seasons, but. Um, but I remember reading the comic book, and I remember like some of the stuff they had in there. I like, I like literally gave me a headache, and I was like, I wow. gotta stop reading this. Like, oh, wow, was, like just he's, garbage. Yeah, he's just oh. like a very he. Like I said, he just is really all about plumbing the depths of human depravity for the sake of doing it. Uh, okay, and in in his work, and it just oh yeah, it throws me. So I, I started yeah. watching Invincible. I was like, oh, this could be interesting. I was really into it because I heard I I saw who a lot of the voices were. Yeah, um, yeah. I like um. Who's that? Yeah, the yeah, Asian dude, Simmons. Yeah, Simmons. Yeah. Simmons. Yeah. Um, yeah, the guy from The Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was yeah. like, oh, this like my this looks interesting. It's a superhero show. But the <laughs> it was thing, interesting. Yeah, and the other thing I should have known too is that like um, Amazon's really on that on this on the subverting superhero um, tropes yes. kick because they have that other TV the show, boys. The, the Boys, which yeah. is also another one that's yeah. I'm actually surprised what? isn't written by uh, Robert Kirkman. What's with this like Superman is bad? trope going on you know well, what I mean uh, yeah, well be, you have to you have to yeah going down with society your woke trajectory you have to condemn superman because he right. he he's he's masculine he's heterosexual and he's white oh, so, uh, and even if though he's an for alien now yeah even though he's an alien it doesn't make a difference he stands for you know he, what did he stand for truth justice and he used to stand for the american way of life used to yeah and the american back in of, the 80s uh, yeah of course well in the 50s <laughs> actually or the 30s when it was made but um, Christopher Reeve was truth, justice, in the American way. He was American way of life. But the comic book, the original comic book, that's right. what he stood for, right? So, uh, and, that, and that goes that goes back to the '30s. But you, you have to condemn him um, be, because you know he stands for the true justice and the American way of life. And as we know, everything of the American way of life before 2019 was complete 100% racism. Yeah. Before before this day, I should say, before 2021. Mm-hmm. Before this day in 2021, everything before me was racism. If you stand before anything before that, you are a racist. So that's why you have to condemn Superman. You just have to. Yeah, I, and I actually, one of the more disappointing things to me too um, that I've noticed is that is that it's there's there's this interesting way to explore that that whole idea of the Superman bad thing 
in the sense that, like, yeah, it could be like, okay, someone who's super powerful, like, you could explore the actual sinfulness of, of man, right? And you could be like, okay, someone who has superpowers and is more powerful than other people would take advantage of them, right? Yes. If they're a normal human being, right? Yes. Their sinful yeah. nature would cause them to take advantage of people. There's, like, an interesting storyline there, but what I tend to find is more often, um, I think the course that's more often taken is that Superman is almost seen like a Christ-like figure, right? Yes. Like, in his perfection, and then it's like the... And then the it's the it's the imperfect humans who rise up and are able to beat the the godlike creature, and then it's just like oh, then it's almost like a Tower of Babel type situation mm-hmm. where they're like, we can be gods if we just defeat the god, and it's a right. it's just evil on evil. So. Yeah, what do you but have? I'm for? done. Okay, what do you have for us this week, Joy? All right, well, this is the uh, this is the episode of the podcast <laughs> where I eat crow. So I'm going to mm. do a trailer park. Okay. On, now, hang uh, on a sec. Last month, you said you were going to do more Bro Did You Know About yes, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, okay. Let me address that. And I was so waiting for it all month. I know. Breath, I'm sorry. Yeah. So I was really excited to do <laughs> – I do have more Bro Did You Knows About Lord of the Rings. I will do them in future episodes. I want to do this one because it's more time-sensitive because it's about something that just came out. Okay. And I think staying relevant is important. And it's also something I talked about on the last podcast that I wanted to amend my statements. Okay. So I'm doing a trailer, I'm doing a trailer park on the – Two Suicide Squad tra- uh, trailers that have come out mm. in the last uh, couple weeks. I think I saw one. And I take back everything I said on the last podcast. Oh, wow. Well, yes. wait. What'd you say yes. on the last podcast? So, um, we, had a, we had a whole argument where I was really excited about Suicide Squad coming oh. out in August and okay. James Gunn being behind it. And I thought it was going to be really good. Oh. And you guys were like, we hate James Gunn. We hate Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be garbage. And I was like, no, I'm defending just, uh, this. Sec, let me just turn up your microphone here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm defending this. And turns out I'm not defending it anymore. Uh, so I've. I've wow. Oh, because of the trailer. Yes, because of... T- oh, well, so, wow. so two trailers... So this goes back to your original complaint months ago. Two trailers. Very interesting conundrum that happened, though. Mm. So I want to tell this story. Mm. So uh, the first trailer comes out. It was an R-rated Red Band trailer, right? Because this movie is, is... You know, they've been touting it as like, oh, it's R-rated. It's going to be like Deadpool. Like, oh, we're hype. So... Um, <laughs> and, I w- and to be fair, when I heard that James Gunn was getting behind an R-rated superhero movie, I ha- was hesitant. I was mm. like, okay, he could take this too far. Hmm. But instead of instead of listening to that hesitation, I you know got on the podcast and I was hyping it up, right? But there was that little tinge of worry, right? It was there was like I you know even l- when I saw this is where you do your quote, ready? What? Yeah, the big mistake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because there was this little tinge <laughs> of worry screen. when I was talking on the podcast last. Uh, there was a little tinge of worry. It was like, shut your mouth, don't hype the movie yet. <laughs> this is James Gunn with an R rating, right? So you know what it does to Hollywood types when they have a harder rating. Yes. So that's what I was concerned mm, about. Yeah, Turns right. out that little voice was right. Okay. So I watched the Red Band trailer, right? And my and my reaction is, uh, I'm just, oh no, right? I'm like, oh, I was, <laughs> oh, I was wrong. Oh, I'm going to have to admit this on a podcast. Oh, I was wrong. <laughs> right? But interestingly enough, as an April Fool's joke, he also released a PG-13 cut of the trailer. I guess that was supposed to be like an ironic joke, like, aha, look at my movie when it doesn't have a bunch of crude humor in it kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, so that trailer was less violent, had different jokes in it. But interestingly enough, Athena um, didn't watch the Red Bale trailer with me. And I had told her that I was like, oh, no, I think Suicide Squad's going to be bad. I think I was wrong. And then she watches, as I'm watching the PG-13 trailer, she comes and watches it with me. And she's wa- and we get to the end of it, and she goes, and she's just like, wait, hold up. Like, she was like, I, she was like, I think this is good. Like, she was like, that was funny. That was decent. And I was like, I was like, yeah, it was. But I was like, but that's not the real version of the movie. No. I was like, watch mm. the Red Band trailer. And then we watched the Red Band trailer, and she goes, oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't laugh once. Oh. 
Yeah. What, what was so, the big difference? So, same so the, thing, right? So the big difference is, is that is that it's like <laughs> it's humor. got well, it's yeah. So, but it's two things to me. First oh. off, uh, first off is I don't really like the Deadpool type. Like, like again, like deep, like vulgar humor, right? Yes. So the Red Band trailer had a bunch of that, and then basically, like the thing is, is that when I think you're a comedian and you're held back, you're restricted by that PG thirteen like um, rating. Yeah. I think you have to get more creative about how you say your jokes and your timing and stuff like that. Whereas the time, both the timing and the jokes themselves in the Red Band trailer just felt forced. Mm. It just felt like, oh yeah, we're just really gonna set up somebody to tell a dumb sexual joke. Yeah, no to tell laugh. a dumb, yeah, to tell yeah. a dumb yeah, gross yeah. joke. Yeah. yeah, and I was just like, what? It's the almost heck? like in celebration of our rated R movie, we're yeah. going to force stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. It almost felt weird. like rather than like, oh, PG thirteen is restriction where we have to get creative. Whereas suddenly rated R is like, oh, we have to put every time we get a, an opportunity, we have to put a gross joke in here to really yeah. keep that R rating and so it was just like it was just uh it, it was uh, gross it was really depressing because like there's literally two shots in each trailer right so they're like basically the same they're within the same scene within the same shots the the one section of the suicide squad is like combing through the jungle and they both basically center on a joke that peacemaker who's um john cena who uh, you know that he tells right you know, like both kind of set him up for like a, a funny joke right yeah but the r-rated one is vulgar right has to do with you know just gross stuff and again it feels forced it totally feels like idris elba like is like forced to say this line like it doesn't even feel like a line that Bloodsport would say mm. but he says it just so he can set john or er, john cena not john travolta <laughs> john cena up for this gross joke right and it's just like Ugh. okay but then, <laughs> but then in the uh, in the PG thirteen trailer, right? Because they're not allowed to use like super vulgar humor and and foul language, right? The joke was funny, like the comedic timing was funny, and it, I felt like it developed more of his character. Basically, somebody says like something about peace, right? Like you know, because his name's Peacemaker, and he says somebody says something about <laughs> peace, and he goes, he goes peace. He goes, I love peace. He goes, I don't care how about. He goes, I don't care how many men, women, and children I have to kill to get peace, right? But it was just like it was a fun setup. It was like it was like a weird like dark humor but it was funny like it, it, it at least developed laughs at least it made it look like the, that they tried. Tra that trailer made it look like there was at least some hope for that movie <laughs> like it could come out and be good but then the red band trailer like oh. the only positive I was able to pull out of the red band trailer which will again that's the real version of the movie I'm almost hoping they release a next April the 1st they release a whole PG-13 version <laughs> of the movie um, but uh, the only positive I saw was that they have King Shark in it and it's actually voiced by um Sylvester Stallone. Oh wow! And so yeah, so that was actually like pretty fun. Like him, he's like this big CGI shark ripping people apart, and I was pretty excited to see him. But now I'm not even <laughs> sure I'm gonna watch the movie, so it was kind of like yeah. That. The last time he did a CGI big guy was in Ants, and <laughs> there were was a, several. Wow. There was there was this one line that he gives after he kisses this other ant, female ant, <laughs> and she says, you know, like oh you're so great or something like that. He goes like this, baby. I'm not even joking. <laughs> 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 that's, that's what he says. He said baby at the end? Yeah. I think he said it. Oh. I don't know what he said. <laughs> <laughs> he kisses his aunt. No, it's an ant. Insect. The insect. Oh. I hated that movie, dude. That was so bad. Yeah. So so that's true, but I, I don't think this was a we're going to make him a real like I think it was just like it's King Shark. Like King Shark is naturally this kind of like giant masculine like lumbering character. Yeah. So they like it does seem like it's gonna, he's going to be funny. So you uh, think um, you think based on this trailer, then it will be a terrible movie. Oh yeah, I'm like, oh, wow. I'm like I probably won't watch it. Like oh, I was wow. just like I was like oh wow, wow. yeah, uh, yeah. So because um, wow. like I said, it just 
Wow, it was a, a guy it was, who's it was a combination of not just like because I don't really like super duper like nasty vulgar humor just for the sake of it. Right. But then on top of that, it literally like like I mean there are movies that I've watched before that I've gone into not really knowing that was going to be the case, and then like they've still been like funny, right? Where like you know you sometimes you like cringe at some of the really dirty jokes, but then there are other ones that are like oh, okay this is like funny because people have real comedic timing and humor, and these like didn't even seem like they had the timing right. Like yeah. it just everything felt forced. So I was just like, ah, I was like, well, that's depressing. Yeah, the, mm. the, the, even, the, you know, the, uh, those disgusting people, they even destroyed the art of Hollywood. The art of Hollywood is going south. Yeah. E- even, even the art that was bad, like morally. So you have, you have, you have got four different types of art, right? And different combinations therein of, you know, you have the, the art of sending a good message and the art of sending a bad message. Then you have the art of, um, and, and, and the quality of the respective art is also coming into play. Mm-hmm. How well did you send the good message? Christian movies are terrible at this. They send a good message, but they send it terribly. Mm-hmm. Right? The quality is bad, but the message is good. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And the pagans, historically, are really great at sending a bad message. The, the quality of their art is great, but the moral message is terrible. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But now they're starting to go down in the opposite corner where it's a bad art and bad quality. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which I mean, a I bad mean, message. Bad I message mean, which is, and bad which art, is actually which is actually probably yeah. a good thing because eventually, once yeah. the art is bad enough yeah. for long enough, people will start to go. We and, need something else. Yeah, and right. we actually observed this yep. a couple uh, a couple years ago when we both bemoaned the state of of Hollywood of everything being CGI. Mm-hmm. It's bad art now. Yeah. It's bad art. Where you, I mean, The Hobbit, Exhibit A. Yeah. It's just bad <laughs> art. Everything was CGI, and mm-hmm. and to them, okay, that's good art. But to the rest of us sitting on our couches, going, this is bad. This is really bad. Everything's fake, you know. And yeah. so the art has been going south for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. For it sure. doesn't have to. Yeah. Oh yeah. It doesn't sure. have yeah, to. You're right. It doesn't yeah. have to. But but I think to. I think we're starving too for the great message and the great quality. Mm-hmm. Well, I think yeah, when I know, we I, see it, it'll yeah. be like it'll be. But like, I, but again, I think message will come yeah. up when when like when people decide. Oh, bad message and or bad art. In a way, we need to change as this. society. And then goes hopefully up. we bring yeah. Hopefully yeah. we bring the you know the bad yeah. or the bad art to good art, and then the message rises. That, with that's it. why I talked to you today about that movie, uh, The Vault. Yeah. Which looks like it was made in 2007. Yeah. When you watch it with Freddie Highmore mm-hmm. and um, um, <laughs> some other people that are vaguely recognizable. But first off, the crew, one thing that's really weird that you don't expect from a movie made in 2021, the crew that he works with, they're all white. All of them. I was like, oh, wait, what? it wasn't made in 2007. It, feel- it was made. It felt like it was made in 2007. Okay, but it was 2000. But it was 2021. Oh, and wow, I was okay. like, wow, this is a racist movie right away. Right? <laughs> and, and, it and wasn't diverse enough. No, it wasn't. <laughs> and, and they had made no bones about it. Okay. They made no bones about it. Well, you, you know? certainly don't call. You know, certainly don't call yourself on it if you do. Decide right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be self-destroyed. But I was like, I was like, wow, I can't believe they're doing this. I haven't seen a movie like this in a long time. Usually, usually there's somebody in there that's a marginal. Well, word. It was. It was. It was so not diverse that you actually noticed. That's yes. Pre- that's pretty not diverse. Yeah. And I'm saying and, and the, the plot. If you watch the movie, the yeah. plot is like so predictable. You know, so you, you, you oh. watch the beginning, you're like, okay, I know what happens. You know, and and. Uh, you know, it's so predictable, but it's like a throwback to that 2007, 2008 genre of, you know, the Fast and the Furious and uh, the Ocean series mm. and all, all these other series where, you know, it nobody ever talked about race. Nobody tried to preach at you. It was just yeah. like, here's a plot. We think it's interesting. You know, explosion here, uh, double cross there. And, um, you know, a uh, scene where we swim underwater and, you know, scuba and we find the treasure, all that kind of stuff. 
you know, and I was like, wow, it's over. And I didn't get preached at once. <laughs> I can't I was like, oh. <laughs> that's all the time I needed to fill. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, there you go. Cool. Yeah, but anyway, so uh, unfortunately, Suicide Squad looking like a downer. Ah, so, man. Okay. So. Yeah. Joey, you got to believe us when we tell you things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. But, but again, there was a major change in here. Like, again, um, I think that if you I. Were duped. I, I, mm. I Yeah, I mm. think that if I watched a, a PG 13 version of that movie, you guys would still probably hate it because it would still probably have the stuff that from James Gunn that you don't like. Right. But I think mm. I would really enjoy it. Okay. Mm. Um, but okay. I, yeah, right. because right, again, right, right. not only. Again, in the PG-13 trailer, not only were the jokes not bad, but, like, the timing was good, too. I was just like, this is so weird that, like, the timing is off. Mm. Mm. It, it feels like the comedic timing feels forced yeah. on one and didn't feel forced on the other. Yeah, okay. So, so the joke was way better than the non-joke. Like, the joke trailer is what you want. Because it was an April Fool's joke. Yes, yes, right, yeah. The one that was, yeah, the one that was, right, that was, like, wow. a fake trailer. Let's get a fake movie, too. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. I'm gonna literally be like, release the James Gunn cut yeah. of, of, of the PG-13. The Fool's, uh, yeah, April right. Fool's Day cut. Yep. Okay. That's right. Yeah, April Fool's Day yeah. cut. Okay, that's we're starting that right now. Hashtag. <laughs> All right, Athena, what, what do you got for us this week? All right, so um, Joey and I went to the movie theater and saw Raya and the Last Dragon. Oh, oh wow! You saw it in theaters. We did. You paid for that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes, we did. I'm interested to hear this. All right. Um, <laughs> so. I don't really know what I was expecting, like, going into it. I wasn't really sure. Yeah, I wasn't really sure what I was Some expecting. Some kind of combination of Brave, Mulan, <laughs> and uh, another chick Disney Moana. film, Moana. <laughs> okay, you know what? Actually, sorry. One second here. Let me, let me I uh, just realized something. I was thinking about my statement when I said the crew was all white. That's not true. There was one guy who was Spanish. Mm. So I don't Spaniard. know if you consider him a person of color. Yeah, of course he is. He's not, if, you're not know, white, if you're not white, because white people were conquistadors, and you can't say people of color. Well, they, no, color. they weren't really. They, they had whiter skin, but dark features. Uh, but, dark, but, like, but you got to call them white. Joey, Joey's a Spaniard. Ah, he's not quite a Spaniard. I was going to say. What? I'm a Spaniard. Why would Joey so, be a Spaniard? Why would he be a Spaniard? I, because he's dark. Okay, he's like light Spanish, skin like from Spain. Or that's what I'm saying. Spain, yes. okay. I'm saying Spaniard. Like lived in Spain. Madrid. Hmm. Because Joey could pass <laughs> for a Spaniard. I don't know. Are they white? Do you Russell see his Crow. red beard? Russell Crowe is a Spaniard. That's what I'm saying. Almost. Oh, Russell Crowe is a Spaniard. Russell Crowe is a Maximus. Spaniard. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. But no, it's okay. Are, are Spaniards people of color? Officially, you ask me like I'm the expert. <laughs> on well, I mean, you I know, gotta Spanish. say, I don't know. Didn't you go to Spain? Yes. Okay. Are they people of color? I I mean I can't speak for everyone there, mm-hmm. so I don't I don't think I can properly answer that question. Okay. So I, okay, but <laughs> because anyway, like there was one guy who was from Spain. Anyway, Luke's clarifying. Right, right, the vault. Right. Yes. There is one person who's Spanish. I still think Joey could pass as a Spaniard because he has dark he has dark yeah, hair. Dark I'm guys. definitely not a Spaniard. Major <laughs> rabbit trail. Go ahead. Yeah, just because I'm a I speak Spanish and I can teach Spanish. And you, and does you went not, to Spain. And I went to Spain doesn't mean that I can answer that question with authority. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, watched Riot and the Last Dragon and we went to the theater at the fairgrounds mm-hmm. which was oh, actually wow. very nice. What's that one called? They, yeah. they changed it and it now it has the reclining seats. <gasps> cool. Yeah. So there's another one I'm in. Reclining Cinema seats. something. Yep. Uh, Cinema center. And it's so weird because if, yeah, yeah. if you remember like I remember going to the fairgrounds mall sometimes with oh, my yeah. friends 
Um, and it was kind of like a ghost town at that point, I feel okay. like, when I was old enough to go and walk around by myself. Yeah. Now they've like demo- actually demolished, demolished most of it. Yeah. So yeah. now it's just the movie theater and Boscovs, and then there's yeah. like a ton of rubble yeah. <laughs> right next to it. It's and quite, then Planet it's Fitness. Wild. It's quite amazing. <laughs> Super weird. Really yeah. What I should have done is we should have gone in there and stole some of those arcade games that oh, they had mm-hmm. sitting there. I wonder where those went. I know. Oh. I wonder what they were. Where, Time that place Crisis was like, 4 was in there. No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh no. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. it was. I felt like that was nice because I, I'm used to like we usually go to Reading and Reading does not have the reclining seats so this was a nice middle ground because I hate going to Fox because they charge you like we still, your whole life and your firstborn child we still love you Reading however how, your seats aren't quite a couple well, how much is Cinema Center wife, ticket so um, I don't remember but it was definitely less than Fox yeah, it was it was, it was probably Fox it was more now than Reading less than I think. Fox I think oh Fox is 13 now yeah it was not that and much. it's 13 now but if you want the reclining heated seats it's like 16 so okay yeah true so anyway so we went there um, nothing about the movie, but um, we went there, saw Ryan the Last Dragon. So after it was over, I got in the car, and Joey said, "What do you think? What did you think?" Because that's usually what happens after we're done with the movie. Um, and I thought that the journey that they took was really cool and really creative. The way that um, basically the there's an item um, that is stolen at the beginning of the movie. Um, because there are five different parts of the land they live in, and each part is like a different group of people, like a different clan of people, and also almost. like a different climate. Like each of them is like yeah. a different like. There's like a there's like one that's like a, a pool water, that's on the water, yeah. and there's one that's like a desert stuff like that. Sounds like, like a video so, game. Yeah, yeah. Sounds yeah. like yeah. sounds like Divergent. Yeah. yeah. Is there one that's earth? Is there one that's air? No, there's not earth, wind, air. <laughs> there's not earth, wind, air, fire, water. No. Do they bend? Those? <laughs> but anyway. Um, <laughs> Um, so that's kind of what happens at the beginning. The piece gets broken, I think. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, the piece gets broken, and the like the violence between the five different places and the separation between the five different places gets even bigger. Is this like a, a what's the cultural behind this? Is this Chinese? I mean, we're looking at um, so it's like a fantasy world, but okay. it's primarily based yeah. on like old Asian like myths. Okay, like, yeah. I'm not sure. Like, I'm that's not sure. Like, look, cool. I'm not sure what specific locality like China or Japan. So it's not like it's, Mulan, which is like this is a real place. Yeah, it's, it's more like it's, it's very like they yeah. show you a map and it's, it's a, clearly not a real. Yeah, it's place. a fantasy world with like I forget what the exact name is, but it's like. Yeah. It's titled like it's almost like middle earth like it's that kind yeah. of thing right, cool. yeah. Yeah. right. Um, so anyway so they go on this journey to um, to collect the five different pieces of this item um, and eat and there's one piece in each of the five places five like realms or I don't know yeah areas. five realms five realms is um, the word. and so they go on this journey to one piece one piece yeah to, try <laughs> to collect the pieces well, you didn't, yeah, so you d- yeah, go ahead. Okay, so they go to, um, and they try to collect the pieces, but the journey itself is really cool because they have to go to each of these five different places, and they have really, like, the the um, the creativity in each place is really cool. Like he said, there's a port town where, you know, they're jumping on the docks, and there's people selling stuff all over the place on the dock, and... Um, and they travel by boat the whole time through to all the different places. Um, but anyway, that part was really cool. Um, the the side characters, like the minor characters, were awesome. Mm-hmm. And like, they pick up like a new minor character at every each place. every place they oh. visit. Well, so you know, like, you know, you know sounds like? it sounds like Zelda Wind Waker. I wouldn't know. Doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, travel yeah, by boat to each port, and there's all these different like. 
<laughs> yeah, I can see that. Right? Well, I, yeah, I mean, it almost also feels like um, uh, uh, Chronicles of Narnia: Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Yeah, like it's like one journey. Yeah. Like that's my favorite yes. Chronicles of Narnia book. Yeah, yeah. And I love just like that open. Like, yeah, we have a mission. We don't know where that mission's going to take us. And then they end up on a bunch of these different realms or areas or islands, and like mm-hmm. in Voyage of the Dawn Treader. And um, and then it's just like it's different every time you go somewhere. It's I don't know. It was really cool. Yeah. So yeah, so they pick up a small character each mm-hmm. on each like place that they go to. The first one is a little boy who, and I forgot to say this at the beginning of the movie, you find out that there's this like weird evil thing that um, when the when the pieces aren't all put together, um, that the it's like at bay. But then when the pieces broke apart, this weird evil thing comes around and it turns everyone to stone. Oh. Yeah, so basically the, the very big Purple. White Witch. Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of actually kind of an interesting so. comparison. I, um, yeah, so the, the main part of the story is that there's this land. It's not, Rather than five realms, it's all like one, basically, and they have dragons. They like live in like community with dragons kind of thing, and the dragons like act as their protectors. This like nasty stuff that comes up that's like almost like this darkness in the realm that's like basically like almost shows up in creatures and turns people to stone shows up the humans and the dragons fight back to defeat it and the dragons basically sacrifice themselves to beat this stuff and the only thing remaining of the dragons is this one item this like gem basically that um that is the is the piece that gets broken at the beginning of the film so there's a rumor that they could like maybe find dragons but but basically all across the land there are dragons that are turned to stone and so they're looking for, they know that one remaining dragon was the one who put the gem together, and they might be able to find that dragon, which is where Raya embarks, and the beginning of her journey starts with her getting her first shard and reviving the dragon. The dragon. Gotcha. So, yeah. Right. So that's her yeah. first, her fir- the first person she meets, the first, not side character, really other main character is the dragon, which is why it's called Raya and the Last Dragon. Yeah. Anyway, so at the first place, they pick up this kid who has been orphaned because his family is turned to stone from the, the darkness thing. Um, then they pick up, don't they pick up the big hefty guy next? No, it's the, no? the next is the port. You don't have to go through the whole movie. But no, yeah, I know, but I, the side characters were so good that I yeah, kind of want to describe at, at them. The port, at the port they meet, at the port they, they get, the um, they get sidetracked. Yeah, I love these characters. They, she meets these like three like like monkey looking characters, right? They're like just three little, little animal monkeys, and they're like look mischievous, but they don't bother her. And she's like, oh okay. And so, but then as she's walking to go meet this character that she's supposed to meet for the the gem, she like looks down this alley, and there's this like little baby just just in the street, right? Just abandoned, crying. And so she like oh she's like oh gosh, she runs over to help the baby. And then the monkeys show up and take the only gem that she has. She finds out that this baby, like, the, it's basically artist. this trio. It's, like a baby oh. it's this con baby artist. con artist with this trio of monkeys. And they're adorable, it's, the whole movie. So they're hilarious. One the of the best movie. parts, I feel like. But, <laughs> but, yeah, anyway, the side characters are great. Um, yeah. I, I really, I actually really like the dragon. It, it was, it's played by, uh, voiced by Aquafina, um, who I'm, I'm starting to, to like. What? No, water? no, not water? the water. It's, it's, it's her Aquafina name. Oh, no. no she's, 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 her name. Yeah. she's a comedian. That's yeah. like her yeah. I don't stage name. Actually, her yeah. name or uh, stage, stage name. name. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so those were the parts that I really liked. Um, and then the parts that I didn't like so much were I felt like the script had so many predictable lines, like things you've heard before that are not creative. So I looked some of them up. It may feel impossible, but sometimes you just have to take the first step even before you're ready. Like something I'm going to read on a fortune cookie. Okay. <laughs> um, we have a choice. We can tear each other apart or we can come together and build a better world. It's not too late. 
if we don't stop and learn to trust one another again, it's only a matter of time before we tear each other apart. Like, lots of those lines that I was just like, okay. Mm-hmm. I've heard that in 12 other movies before. Um, and the With message... great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> yeah, and the message was that you need to trust people. Um, and I don't like that message because I don't trust people. <laughs> um, and and it was all just like, you know, if you just give them a chance that, you know, they'll stop being evil and doing terrible things just because you give them a chance. And mm. um, and it almost felt the same way as Wonder Woman to me because mm. remember at the end of Wonder Woman, Pedro Pascal... One? No, the oh, second, second one. one. Oh, yeah. Pedro Pascal realizes that he doesn't need all this power and... Right. And, and people are naturally not good, and he shouldn't. And, right, yes. Right. And that he really does love his son that he's not paid attention to the whole movie. Uh, like, just realizes it for no reason. Like, nothing happens, in my opinion, that is enough to, like, make him totally change You're talking every- about Pedro. You're not yes. talking about this movie. Yes, right, I know. Right. But I'm saying it has the same message, in my opinion. Mm, right, right. <laughs> um, Yeah, but I think, a lot more, are- I think a lot more effectively done. Like, there's no, okay. like... Okay. You should wait a Okay. Second. <laughs> I'm saying you should wait because the point of my, my whole thing is that I told Joey all of these things in the car and Joey says this goes in like my top five, top ten Disney movies I've ever watched. Oh yeah. I oh love, wow. I love this he movie. loved it so I much. I love this wow. movie. Like I was like right. I was like, if we're not talking about Pixar, if we pull Pixar out of it, I was like, this is one of my favorite Disney movies. Easy. Oh wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I love this movie. The previews yeah. look super lame. Oh really? I don't remember I think the I saw previews. I don't yeah. remember I remember kind of like being interested in it. I remember being super hyped about it. I don't know. It was just really nice to like be transported to a fantasy. Like I feel like there are so few movies that transport me to a fantasy world and get me to really buy in and yeah. enjoy the adventure and just like enjoy it. And I felt like that's what I did. Yes, it it definitely is a movie made for kids. So mm-hmm. the dialogue, rather than like rather than being on that Pixar level of we know that we've got an adult and a kid <laughs> yeah, audience right, and we're right. able to like produce this duality of yeah. commentary yeah. that appeals to both. It definitely is a kids movie. It definitely has a lot of lines that are like. You know, good for kids that are a little bit like okay, like on the on the more plain side for adults, um, and that also I also felt that with Aquafina um, as the dragon because it almost felt like um, she was. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think I naturally compared them because they're both dragons, but I was comparing her in my head to Mushu. But um, I felt right. like again, I felt like Eddie Murphy, even though he wasn't allowed to swear and stuff like that, had this ability to kind of like be on top of like you know throwing like sideline like like wink jokes at the adults and stuff like that. And Aquafina really does aim her her stick at kids in this movie mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which isn't really a point against it. It's just less enjoyable as an adult. But I don't know. Like I said, I, I gen- genuinely feel like there aren't that many movies that I get to go in, especially today, where I just even get to go in and invest in a world and like don't feel like I'm being like super preached at or don't feel like there's just like it just wasn't executed well or that the, or that the, right. the, the, the world didn't feel derivative. It didn't feel like something I'd totally seen before. And it didn't feel, and like I said, there, there a lot of it wasn't really preachy either because it does have a bit of a Mulan feel, but like that it's also like it didn't have any of this stuff, the kind of like normal stuff that I feel like you would see in like a movie that's you know like kind of like giving you know giving you the look and doing the PC stuff because it has a main female character, but her mm-hmm. uh, her enemy is another main female character, a princess of one of the different realms, right? So like they have some really cool like fight sequences in it, but it's like she's not like running around beating up men like kicking yeah. their butts. Like her, the the two main fights are between two female characters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so like and there's like and the only the only like real main 
the only main character that's male is Raya's father, who's like a strong like male figure. He's a good father. Like there's no like oh he's her dad, and there's no like there's and nothing. And he teaches okay. her how yeah. to fight. Like so yeah, he teaches in the her beginning how to fight. you watch her like fight against him because he's helping her practice and like yeah. Yeah. that was kind that, of that, that, pretty that cool. happens a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, so there's so there's there's there wasn't much in this movie that really felt like Disney was turning the camera okay. and looking at you mm-hmm. and going uh huh. Like making you feel we're out here to make you feel th- bad. That's like, actually something interesting I've noticed in a lot of these m- movies that are like you know serious, you know feminist movies where the woman really you know kicks butt, and takes names, and all that kind of stuff. Ninety percent of the time they're taught by a man, and I'm just like, isn't this a 90% little? Ninety percent of the time they're what? They're taught by a man. I'm, I'm like, they have a male teacher. Mm, I'm like, yeah. isn't this a little? You know, uh, Wonder uh, Woman did not their own message. Yeah, yeah, you know, they're, 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 they're going away from it because people are sort of realize, hey, you know, they're all taught by men. You know, I mean, this is, this is kind of like against our message here. <laughs> you know, it's just toxic masculinity. So, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, it didn't was, feel like a was, lot of that. It was okay. beautiful, too. Yeah. Like, the anime, like, honestly, like, probably some of the best animation I've ever seen. Yeah. I actually like, thought, yeah, Frozen 2, I was like, blah, whatever. But I, I felt was, like the. What was the last? Was that the last Disney movie yeah, that was, was not Pixar? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I, I felt like Frozen, Frozen 2, though, the animation I was like was amazing. The, just, yeah. Gotcha. Really I, don't, I didn't see it. But, but this one, yeah. the animation was great. I don't know. The char- there was just so much about it that was like they made me really buy into the world. So much stuff that was like, oh, this is really cool. She has this like little like almost like big armadillo like side character. <laughs> it's the first side character. He's like her little pet. But then he grows up and he gets super big and he can roll into a ball and she like rides him around when she's like like adventuring yeah. into different lands. There's just like a lot of really cool creative sounds like stuff. Zelda to me. Yeah, it's, it sounds yeah, like it's, a Zelda. It's adventure. just like it just was so nice for me to go sit in a theater because yeah. I was like I was like this could go a lot of different ways. I yeah. was like this could be good, this could be bad. We'll see. And then I like felt like I just got transported to this cool like world and almost like watching like you know some of my favorite like older animation shows, Last Airbender stuff like that, or like playing some of my favorite video games where I just got. Yeah. Transporter world, yeah. I was I kind of bought in and I was like just happy with it the cool. whole time. All right. So yeah. definitely cool. definitely has its kid moments that mm-hmm. you know you might be like okay, but but um, I'd rather I'd, kid moments yeah. than <laughs> Stupid most of the other and stuff. The, and yeah, she yeah. beat the male angry yeah. protagonist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, right, right. Or antagonist, <laughs> sorry, antagonist. Right. How how many? I saw top of your head. How many movies can you guys think of where a guy beats up, beats up a girl? How many? Yeah, I could. Think of a few, yeah. I bet. Like Just with give scenes, me one right now, scenes. right now. Not, 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 not where it's not where it's portrayed as like this is a bad thing, like oh. you know, uh, uh, domestic abuse. Oh. I'm talking about like the hero beats up a female character physically. Yeah. How many? G- give me, give me a movie where the hero beats up a female character physically, a bad female character. Um, Tons of foreign movies. Foreign uh, action uh, movies. Okay. Foreign <laughs> action. <laughs> Tons of uh, no, I'll give you. I get. Uh, um. Uh, Keanu Reeves. In what? Uh, uh, his latest stuff. John Wick. John, John Wick. Wick. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's okay. true. Yep. All John right. Wick. All right. Like pretty legit. Lee. Right. Oh yeah. He, he yeah. Because I, I made that comment. Well, I also made that comment. I mean, about like, the, yeah. Head butts into the. You yeah. know. I made commentary about the second one because there's that female assassin in the second one, yeah. and she just like, and she's like, you know, you know, killing people, taking names. But when they have that physical fight scene, I'm like, oh no, here comes the downfall of John Wick. Uh, and actually, he throws her around like a rag doll, like you would yeah. expect him to, because she's like tiny. Yeah, right. And and right. so, and I was like, oh yes, like wow, not like that. not like oh yeah, I want to see him throw around a woman. But right. I was like, oh, it's not an unrealistic fight scene. I'm torn between the how, two. How many how many movies can you name where a female beats up a man? Uh, wh- many, way more. Ma- many. Yeah. Far so more. this is the, this again. This is the anti equality of feminism, right? So 
you know, when you ask a feminist, okay, tell tell me tell me some heroes behind the scenes who are women who should have gotten the credit for something, but men took all the credit. And they'll be like, this person, this person, blah, 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 blah. hidden figures, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, ah, it's just a, okay. And you ask them, okay, now how many women should have received the blame where a man received the blame? None. 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 They're not looking for those people. Because if they were being about equality, they'd be like, you know what? If we're looking to give women credit, we should also be looking to give women blame, Right. So, so with, with, with the same uh, uh, responsibility, if you get the responsibility, the pros and the cons come with it. If you want equality, the pros and the cons come so, with it. Right. So if you ask a feminist, tell me all the women who should have gotten credit, and they'd be like, blah, 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 blah. And so your, your point, how are you tying that into Raya? Uh, or what was I'm, the, what I'm, was the original? I think he's basing that off my comment about how it was two main female characters, yes. protagonists, antagonists, oh, right. fighting each other. Exactly. Okay, okay. Yes, we're fighting each other. And yeah. I'm saying if the feminists were 100% equal, okay. you, there's not many films out there where a guy beats up a woman. Hardly any. Yeah, yeah. Can't think of any. I mean, uh, a handful. Yeah, a handful. Well, it's also right. frowned upon. Like, it's, I mean, yeah, there's, of there's course. Very, yeah, there's and, I, and see, the thing is, the thing there's very few instances where you're like, oh, man, that's definitely deserved. I don't want to see it. Right. That's another thing, too, because when you see John Wick throwing her around, you're just kind of like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's 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 not like man okay. should treat You're a woman. Like, oh, she didn't yeah, stand yeah, a chance. Right. Yeah, yeah. Man should not treat a woman that shouldn't be. Right, right. If they were equal, female characters would be beating up female characters all the time because that's what men do. They beat up other men. They don't beat up women. But if women are uh, women only beat up the patriarchy. That's all. Uh, yeah, see, that's it. That's, <laughs> it. that's <laughs> all they can beat up. At the heart of at all 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 um, misogyny and racism <laughs> is they deserve it. The other people that um, receive, the, uh, give the negative attention to, they deserve it, right? Yeah. That's how it is with the feminists, too. The men, they deserve it. They're big, fat meanies. Uh, I could be a jerk to them because they deserve it. But anyway. Well, that's, that's what's, ha- I mean, that's what's also, I mean, I agree. I mean, that's, I think, what's happening with a lot of the ideology, with a lot of the uh, politically correct ideology is that it starts by, it starts with, hey, man, we're a minority. We've been othered by the majority, and we would really not like to be othered anymore. We'd really not to be, like, kept out in the cold. Yeah. We'd like to be welcomed in. And then as soon as that like really begins to happen and that change starts to happen, they turn around and they go, okay, now we actually want to other the people who othered us. Yes. Right. And it becomes, and it, and it goes yeah. from like a, hey man, like let us in, you know, let us out from the cold and into your house to, hey man, now we're going to sabotage you and throw you out of the house. Yeah, yeah. And so you it's time out. for you to go. It's, it's time like for you. It's time for you to, I'm, I'm going to experience the nice warmth inside this house, but it's time for you to experience the cold. Yeah, right, right. Um, yeah, and yeah. that's when it's like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, okay. Right, right. Well, that's, that's like the end of the Hunger Games. It's, it feels like a Trojan horse often. Yeah, yeah, like right. where it's like, where it's like, okay, like I, I come in peace yep. and then, oh, okay, we're all getting out to beach, you know, just ransack your city. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thanks. Cool. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, this, this week, I, I want to uh, play a clip for you guys real quick um, and give some commentary. This is from a movie called Field of Dreams. Okay, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the Hollywood trajectory. This is how it, you know, all it all starts with bleeding hearts, you know, and, and it, it starts innocently enough. But I'm gonna show you where it ends. Okay, mm-hmm. this is this is where it starts. This is from Field of Dreams. Here it is. And filth like this has no place in our schools. Fascist. I like these her pain. Mrs. Kessinick, Mrs. Kessinick, that book you're waving about is hardly smut. It is considered by many critics to be the classic novel about the 1960s. It's pornography! No, 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 no. The Supreme Court says it's not. And its author, Mr. Mann... Terence Mann is a Pulitzer Prize winner. 
and he is widely regarded as the finest satirist of his time. Yeah, well, I think he's a pervert. He's probably a communist, too. What planet are these people from? Mr. Harris, the so-called novels of Terence Mann endorse promiscuity, godlessness, the mongrelization of the races, and disrespect to high-ranking officers of the United States Army. And that is why right-thinking school boards all across the country have been banning this man's S-H-I-T since 1969. Excuse me, madam. Excuse me. Terrence Mann was a warm and gentle voice of reason during a time of great madness. He coined the phrase, make love, not war. While other people were chanting, burn, baby, burn, he was talking about love and peace and understanding. I cherished every one of his books, and I dearly wish he had written some more. And I think if you had experienced even a little bit of the 60s, you might feel the same way, too. I experienced the 60s. No, I think you had two 50s and moved right on into the 70s. Annie. Look at this. Oh, yeah? Well, your husband plowed under his corn and built a baseball field. That's right. Now, there's an intelligent response. Annie. The weirdo. <laughs> Annie. Honey, it's all right. I'll be cool. At least he is not a book burner, you Nazi cow. At least I'm not married to the biggest horse's ass in three counties. All right, Beulah, do you want to step outside? Fine! Annie, Annie. Well, all right, sit. all right, honey. I've got a better idea. Let's put it to a vote, all right? Who's for Eva Braun here? Who wants to burn books? Who wants to spit on the Constitution of the United States of America? Anybody? All right. Now, who's for the Bill of Rights? Who thinks freedom is a pretty darn good thing? Come on, come on, let's see those hands! Who thinks that we have to stand up to the kind of censorship that they had under Stalin? Everyone's raising their hands at this point. There you go. Okay, so you know th this is the, the the book. You know what the book was? It was Catcher in the Rye. Oh. Uh, okay. Athena's nodding her head. Okay. Wait, what? That was the book. Well, what? Uh, they were talking about a different author. We we're talking about Solinger. Man. Yeah, Solinger is Catcher in the Rye. Oh, Solinger's Catcher in the Rye. I yeah. think okay. it was based off of that book, Catcher in the Rye, and J.D. Salinger himself. Like, I think the character of Terrence Mann was. What? I what? Who's the character of Terrence Mann? That's what they were talking about. That's that's who the author yeah, was. I thought he was an author, not a character. Uh, oh. I don't think he was a real person. I think he was a character from the movie. Oh, I thought they were. Oh, I, well, I I, I thought I thought the book they were talking about was was Catcher in the Rye. I thought that's what the book was. It uh, might have been. They were just using the right. you were just using the name man and place of. Why did you think they were talking about Catcher in the Rye? Because I, I saw it a long time ago, and I remember thinking, "Oh, they're talking about Catcher in the Rye." Well, you might be right. Okay, this is about his casting, which was based on the fear of a lawsuit in the novel Terrence Mann. 
was identified as the real life, then very much living author of Catcher in the Rye, yeah. Jading Salinger. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I guess Terrence Mann was not a real person that they were talking about in Field of Dreams. Okay. Okay, so they are talking about Catcher in the Rye. And, and from I have not read the book. Has anyone here read the book? Yes. No. Yes. Um, okay, so I think there are things in that book that are questionably... That are questionable. Am I am I right? I mean, what do you mean by questionable? Like, like content wise, like it's yeah, it's. I mean, wise, it's yeah. it tends to be. Mm, it's one of the like in the in like English canon. It tends to be one of the um, books that are like written later. Like it's the, written in the 1940s. So there's a, like a lot of older stuff that's written way before then. Um, and so yeah, it does deal with um, some stuff that's more uh, probably more adult. Um, oftentimes, because uh, uh, it's oft, it's a very short book. It's not a, it's not a hard read. So oftentimes, the reason it's taught in like eleventh and twelfth grade literature is because of the more adult um, content. content that it deals with at times. Okay, all right. And and from what I, I've heard, someone reviewing the book, I haven't read the book, but they, they're saying there there was things in there that were very sexual indeed, and he was like shocked that people were reading this book and that it was viewed positively. And um, so I mean, but uh, let's say let's say that aside, right? <coughs> They're trying to they're trying to paint these people who are objecting to this book, who I believe have real objections to the book, um, the bigots, jerks, racists. Probably we're in you know mid, mid, Midwest America, right? And that's how it starts. We get this bleeding heart liberal up there saying, "Hey, you know we can't be censoring this stuff, right?" But now that all the liberals are talking about censoring, they're completely one hundred percent okay, right? So once your I, foot I, gets I, in the door, I was just surprised because she was talking about him like he lived through the. The sixties, the sixties, and was co- and had commentary on on Vietnam, but like that's not Catcher in the Rye. So I was I was surprised by that. That's all. Yeah. I, that's why I didn't make the. That's why I didn't make the, <laughs> the correlation between the book or the author because I was like, satir. Uh, she calls him a satirist, which okay, but I, I was like, I was like I don't understand why I didn't she understand the correlation. The 60s. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he wrote stuff later that I I don't know about. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe he did. I don't yeah. know. Um, but um. You know, that's that's how it starts. We get this bleeding heart liberal saying, you know, we can't be censoring this stuff. And now, recently, I read an article, and I've been looking for it for the last day. I can't find it anymore. But I read an article about um, some school board, who, and the parents were, were, were fighting against this pedophilic content. And they actually and had, a link, they had a link to the book. And I actually read part of the book. I had to stop reading right away. Yeah. Like, Right away. Wow. It was the first paragraph. I was like, no, no, I gotta stop reading. I can't believe my eyes. It was so bad. It was, it was pedophilia on display Uh in a book that was meant for high schoolers. You gonna tell me the book? No, I no, I'm Uh, not because I I don't remember what book it was. Oh, okay. (laughs) I have, I have a. I, I was wondering if it was a book. I, anyway, go ahead. Okay, so okay, but here's the thing: We're, none of us are strangers to this. We've seen this before. School boards trying to push this stuff, and and I can only search on Google and Facebook and type in the word "pedophile" and school boards so often without being completely disgusted and angry and frustrated because I see it all happening all over the place. Was it Lolita? No. Okay, it was, it was not. not. Okay, because I think okay. I would remember that one. I know okay. that name. Yeah, I think I would remember that one. Um, okay, I forget the name of the book, but was it? Do you know if it was modern or if it was if it was old? I think it's modern. Okay, that makes more sense. If it's not Lolita, because um, the parents who were speaking out against it in the article, guess what they were? Bigots and racists. Racists. They call them racists because they spelled it out against it, right? 
bigots and racists. Well, so, was the author? Was the author? Uh, um, I don't know. American I don't know. I don't remember. It's just I. I remember being like, wow. I didn't really look at the details. I just. I just wanted to see. Is it really as bad as people say it was? I wasn't sure, and sure enough, it was worse than I ever could have thought it would be. Very bad. And I, I wish I would have saved the article. right away. I was like, I'm going to talk about this on the podcast because I remembered her impassioned speech about not censoring books. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. About how like we need to fight for this kind of stuff. And here we are, plus 30 years from this movie, or maybe in 40 years, um, plus thirty or forty years later, and the and and the, the trajectory that that people like her wanted us to go on is completely, we're like you know we we've come full circle you know we're we're here at this at this point and guess what the people who are like draw the line they're still being called bigots they're still being called racists like this movie was doing to people who are trying to draw the line somewhere got to draw the line somewhere this is too much you're a bigot and you're a racist now we're at pedophile pedophilia. And you guess what? He's still being called a bigot and a racist. And in movies like this, you know, they have this they have this bleeding heart save the world approach. And they have the audacity to use the Constitution as justification. But that's where it starts. Well and where it ends is something completely different from from what the people watching this movie think. Oh yeah, I agree with the Constitution. I don't want to be like Stalin. Now we're here and we realize where this kind of sentiment gets us. It gets us right into pedophile pedophilia. And pederasty right away. Well, you feel like sen- you feel like lack of censorship does that because I mean the argument that she's making is that we shouldn't have censorship based, which is Bill of Rights Constitution, which is true, and that people who have censorship who burn books are Nazis and the Soviet Union, which yeah, I know see, you wouldn't advocate for. See, so see what they did there in I'm that movie. Nobody was looking to burn the book. They said we shouldn't be teaching this in our schools. School okay. Board yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she likened it to book burning. Yeah, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So they see the jump they did there, mm-hmm. right? And so they sneak that kind of nonsense in, and suddenly you're thinking, wow, censorship is book burning. No, 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 it's not. It's, we're trying to, try to protect our kids. Mm-hmm. They're not old enough to read this stuff yet. I want to be in charge of what they read. And she's being, eh, you're book burning. No, you're not. You're trying to draw the line and saying, There's, don't go past this line. And years later, mm-hmm. the people still saying, we got to draw the line somewhere. You're still being called bigots. You're still being called racist. And this mo- in that movie, that's what they're calling them. Whoever disagrees with this and wants to draw a line is a bigot and a racist. And though it looks innocent enough, like, oh, I'm just trying to come up with a constitution, it's not innocent. They're, they're, they have no line. There is no, we're going to draw the line here. No, we're going to keep all going all the way into pedophilia. And the only thing we're going to censor is the Bible. Everything else is fine. But we do believe in censorship. <laughs> that's a good point. We do believe in book burning. It's the Bible. That's what we're going to do. That's a very good point. And, and, and that's exactly what they have been doing. Well, I mean, so that's the point I would make is that, is that here in that <clears throat> in this – you're right. So we have this burning heart liberal who's against um, censorship. I often tend to be too. Um, but, I mean, also, I mean, if you look at liberal ideology um, of recent – um, there's tons of censorship all the time. Oh, They're yeah. censoring people. Yes. Cancel culture yeah, far is worse. A, cancel culture is a form right. of censorship. Right. Right. It's all about we don't we think what you're saying is vile and wicked and oppresses people yes. and you need to shut up and you shouldn't be allowed to speak your mind, which is yeah. absolutely against free speech in any form. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, so I I think, but I oftentimes I think that if you're looking for the oppressive 
ideologies in, in any society. I often, oftentimes you think you're looking for people who are advocating for some form of censorship. Yes. So mm-hmm. um, now I understand what you're saying about what we're teaching in schools. So that's a good point. Um, part of it is about what we're teaching. I don't know what the book, what book you read. I'm just curious. I was just curious to know because what she brings up about Salinger or Terrence Mann, who apparently is supposed to be Salinger. Like if you look at, um, she calls him, as I said earlier, uh, I think the word is satir- satirist? Satirist? satirist. Satirist. Okay. It's just a weird, it's a weird word. Anyway. But um, but but there is a, there is a case to be made for sometimes where like extremes are made in books based on satire, um, like Holden Caulfield in Capture the Rye is not necessarily supposed to be a proud. It's not is a what's called an unreliable narrator. He's not like someone you're supposed to like look up to and be happy about. I always point back to like um, John, um, Jonathan Swift's A Modest Proposal. Um, which is basically <laughs> like a, which is an essay against abortion, hmm. um, but it's, but he basically just is like, okay, well, if you're going to kill babies, you might as well eat them too. There's a hunger crisis, and you know, um, and, and you know, amongst the poor, you might as well just start eating your babies too. Might as well, you know. And then he talks about how you know we should just take the babies of the poor and you know give them to the the English wealthy, um, and then you know because you know because babies are soft and yummy, right? And so yeah. like. But there's a lot of people who don't read that as satire. I mean, I've taught that in an English class, um. and kids are like, "What is this dude talking about?" They're uh. like, "What the heck is he doing?" Uh. And it's like, "Oh, it's it's satire. He, he's making a, in order to make a point about uh, about righteousness. He's making a, a much more. Uh, he's making. Right. He starts by exaggerating the point and saying, "Okay, if you're going to go here, why don't you go here? You know, if the line is here for you guys, you know, that line is already mm-hmm. so far out. Why don't you put the line over here?" Yeah. So I, it's Sorry, it's kind of tough for me to say again. I don't know what the con. I don't know what context you'd have for pedophilia, but um, in a book. So um, that's you know based on. But I, sometimes I, I don't know. Sometimes satire makes a really drastic point. In order to, so I don't know what you read. I don't yeah, know if you, to, to, to me, I mean, it, it wasn't satire. No, okay. It's the same argument with cuties. You know, they they said, oh, we're we're showing it mm-hmm. to show you how bad it is. It's like saying, well, we're gonna rape a woman to tell her how bad it is to be raped. Yeah. You know, like what? No, no, no. That's ridiculous. You don't show child softcore pornography yeah. to to show the world how bad child yeah. pornography yeah, I is. Absolutely agree. It's with ridiculous that. and asinine. And and um, you know that that's that in that book the one I read I don't care if it's satire there was no justification right. for anyone putting those words together gotcha. none in the okay. world okay absolutely none that's what I wanted to clarify yes so, yeah yes none none of, I mean there's no just I, I, I can't even I can't even repeat it I can't even think no I don't it. want you to repeat it it's the worst thing I've ever read in my life okay and they want to teach us the high schoolers and be like yeah go ahead and read this yeah. required reading yeah you know. And it, it and and again that the argument I believe and there was like oh we're just showing you how bad it is no 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 there's yeah. no justification for anybody reading this gotcha. the, the person who wrote that should be should be have a millstone hung around his they should be reading the Bible to see how bad it is yeah okay. exactly right. thank you I'll take you at Christ's word Christ I will the, take you at your word start reading the Bible again in the school to tell you yes. how bad it is yes we already have a big good picture enough I don't need to see it thank you very much anyway. This is the good and the bad and the ugly. Mostly <laughs> ugly this week. We talked about a lot of ugly things. There's no good. There's right. no bad. Right. 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 Raya, not Raya. Raya and the last dragon, according to some sources here, who will some not be named. Some sources here. Was, was a good one. Yeah, no, I'm messing That's with rude. you. That's rude. Okay, so, so it was ugly, ugly, good, ugly. Yeah. Or maybe bad. Wow. Ugly, bad, 
No, I would say, yeah, ugly. Yeah, ugly, I mean, bad, I'm, I'm good, ugly. ugly. Mine, mine's ugly and bad. Yeah. <laughs> ugly, ugly and bad, uh, good, ugliest. Uh, ugly, so bad, say. good, ugly. That's yeah, what I would say. I would say ugliest for Luke. He's, I mean, if, you to, if they're trying to teach pedophilia in schools, oh, it seems yes. like yeah. 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 it would be the ugliest part yeah, of our yeah. conversation. Yeah, he's yeah. even worse than mine. I thought I mine was pretty like bad. That's true. I know we're done, but I feel like I, like, listen to you talk about that. And, like, so I have – my kids are – typically allowed to read whatever they want as long as it's on their reading level and i say if your parents say it's okay i, I i'm i'm not mm-hmm. like i don't get to decide more than your parents what you get to read mm-hmm. and i say if you are concerned you're like not sure if it's something that you should be reading and and logging in your reading log then you can ask me mm-hmm. and i'll figure it out mm-hmm. um and i've had several kids come ask me if it's okay if they read the bible for there and mm. it like breaks my heart every time because i'm like why you're asking me this because you're not sure if it's okay that you read this yeah, book if the pu- you're not sure if the public school is going to tell you it's okay but i've got i've bo- got books that that are in my shelves that i will not bring out and let let kids read because i don't think they're appropriate for yeah it. of course but but they're coming to me asking me if it's okay because they, probably because they've had experiences with other teachers who make them feel like it's not okay mm. and mm. That's, That's interesting. Yeah, yeah and, it is. So, and something I will say to any of any concerned parents who listen to this podcast, any parents <coughs> who are concerned about what their children see, wa- watch, read, whatever, I will say that <coughs> oftentimes, like the real, truly nasty stuff is actually in literature. Um, so I would say yeah. I would say it's mm. always is, always is a it, good. Is that not where it always starts? Yeah, I mean it really does. Like I mean, all of our ideologies today are don't don't originate in Hollywood. They all the stuff right. we're talking about here right. originated yeah. in literature. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm an English yeah. major. I've taken every course about all the stuff we talk about: feminism, race theory, and criticism. Um, all that, like everything, and I, it's all started in literature. Um, and and some of the most, because again, because there's really no censorship on books. We don't rate our books even. And so, um, <clears throat> not that I'm advocating that it should be, but like there's nothing that tells parents anything. So really. Even if even if a public school recommends it, even if whatever, uh, I would be reading what your children are reading, mm-hmm. yeah. um, reading it first and going oh, yeah. on going hold up yeah, um, yeah, on yeah. stuff that you don't agree with because right. there's it's a lot of it and as, and I would say especially if you're going to that was actually one of the first things I encountered as a child. Um, I just picked a random book that looked interesting to me out in my public school library and it was contained filthy stuff mm-hmm. and I had no idea I stopped reading it like that as soon as I got it, I was like this isn't okay how am I re-? I was in middle school by the way I wasn't even in high school yeah so um so I mean your public school libraries all that stuff um you know if you're concerned about the content your children are are bringing into their brains bringing into their hearts um books are yeah. it's it's the worst in books um in a lot of ways so I would and just you know be yeah. careful and there's also a lot of websites that have like Christian parents will read books and review them for mm, you and yeah. tell you what's in it. Like it kind of like the parental reviews that Harry, they do. Harry in Potter needed a lot of that. And That's IMDb. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like IMDb has that parental, yes, like, it does. Mm-hmm. yeah, what Thankfully. are all the things in here that could possibly yeah, be yeah. Mm-hmm. objectionable? And, yeah. um, and I feel like I've, I've seen plenty of sites that, that do that from the Christian perspective. And, and whether or not your kids should be reading the books that they're trying to read. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. ironically, I'm that. rereading The Catcher in the Rye right now, mm-hmm. and so I will report back next yes. time Thank on <laughs> on on what content it actually contains because I don't remember it being super bad, okay. um, but it definitely could be, and I just don't remember it. I haven't read it since like uh, either late high school, or early college, so okay. it's been almost a decade. Okay. I'm sure. So, 
But I'll report back on that. Wow, a lot of content this uh, week, everybody. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. Bearing with us this entire time. <laughs> this is uh, Brotherhood of the Silver Screen. This is a Christian podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Tune in next week. Uh, we're going to review Mortal Kombat. So, nice. And so last but not least, we have the Brotherhood of Silver Screen Rand Hotline. Have a listen. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Thanks for calling the Brotherhood of the Silver Screen Rand Hotline. Please begin your rant after the tone. Hey, guys. Long-time listener. First-time caller. Uh, a few weeks ago, I got to watch the movie Unhinged. Um, this is a, a B-minus movie starring an A-list actor acting in a B-minus manner, co-starring other B-minus actors. Russell Crowe has officially reduced himself to, to making garbage, cash-grab movies. Uh, yes, Noah was total crap, but at least he was still relatively, you know, in physical good shape. Um, I think the terms for his contract in this movie sounded something like, uh, I want 10 million bucks, and also I want to stay fat. Uh, take it or leave it. And they took it. Uh, basically, Russell Crowe's character is pushed over the edge into a murderous rampage when the protagonist chick honks her horn rudely at him in traffic instead of giving him a quote-unquote courtesy tap. This, uh, this scene uh, foreshadows the final fight scene where we're given one of the lamest one-liners ever. Um, I watched this movie on Amazon Prime, so it was basically free, but I, I, I still want my money back. Stay away from this movie. It's garbage. Thanks for calling the Brotherhood of the Silver Screen Rant Hotline. We will file your complaint with the rest.